Mini episode 1207 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode 1207. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. And we have got part three of our ongoing Coronavirus Crisis 2020 series here today. And we're going to be talking about specifically the effect that it had with the shutdown of the XFL. The revived XFL coming back after 19 years away. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to make comparisons to the previous year's spring football uh, where uh, the league didn't make it through the season, but uh, that would be unfair. This league shutting down for this season because of external events, and they will be back in 2021, and it was uh, a really good product while it was out there. It was a fun product, and I look forward to more of it in 2021. You can only do a discussion like this with a good friend of the show, somebody who we've had on to talk football many different times, football on many different levels. We've talked XFL with him previously, He's not only covered the XFL in 2020, he covered it all the way back in 2001 and has covered all points of football in between. I could only be speaking of good friend of the show, Fran Stuckberry, who covers the XFL, among other sports, for Our Sports Central. And a uh, pleasure to have him back on the show, uh, not under these conditions, of course. I uh, hope that would be a happier time when we had him on next, looking back on a successful full season. But, uh, hey, Fran, we'll take the conversations where we can. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Thanks, Rick. I'm happy to be on the show. And like I said, it was a fun five weeks. We were going two road trips to Washington, D.C. and Dallas over the three period, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was very happy for you getting to cover it. I was watching your travels and uh, following your coverage as you were going along. And, uh, again, uh, it was especially when you take the initial XFL into account, a uh, few anywhere and probably nobody in the media would count uh, as being a bigger fan of the product than you and uh, you were expert on it in the 2020 version as well as 2001 and uh, this is a thing where in looking at it I had said to you coming into the season that uh, I was rooting for uh, the Houston Roughnecks I kind of latched on to them before the season started because I'm always a fan of guys that I think haven't quite gotten their due who are really sort of overlooked by history. And to me, June Jones is one such guy. The fact that, uh, again, he coached the Atlanta Falcons for a little bit in the 90s, but uh, never really had another sniff of an NFL head coaching job and uh, was never really at major college programs as a head coach, SMU, Hawaii, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I wanted Coach Jones to get an XFL championship, and, uh, boy, they looked like they were well on their way, the only undefeated team when the season shut down, P.J. Walker, at quarterback, I didn't know much about him, but very quickly learned the story of uh, him being Andrew Luck's understudy, Andrew Luck recommending him to his father, getting him into the league. Now it's come full circle of where P.J. Walker has used this uh, as a stepping stone to get back into the 
NFL. But uh, it, let, let's start, I guess, with uh, the Houston Roughnecks, the presumptive, I guess, champions. If you were to say five weeks in, the team most likely to do it, nobody beat them for what it's worth during the course of the year. An unbelievable run for them and a lot that they can be very proud of. And P.J. Walker was exciting with the high-power launch stuff. The defense, Benson was in a break. Several games where the team were getting close to time and the game. That's great turnovers and see how victory center. Yeah, the defense was very, very opportunistic, and uh, the game against uh, Dallas in particular. Uh, Dallas really struggled with turnovers during the course of the year, and never more so than in that uh, Battle of Texas with the Roughnecks, and uh, a very, very exciting uh, product. Let's stay on P.J. Walker for just a second here. You and I were talking about this off-air. I was a little bit surprised that the NFL deal he signed was with Carolina because they're they're putting all their chips on uh, Teddy Bridgewater, or so it would seem, with that contract, whereupon, duh, you pointed out to me, and I'd forgotten about this, Matt Rule being his college coach at Temple. Now it makes a little bit more sense. I still thought that he might have looked for a situation where it could have been a little bit more open. Chicago is no longer such a situation because it's going to be Nick Foles in there pushing Mitch Trubisky. There's not a whole lot of situations out there right now where there's not a firm incumbent, but Carolina is not a situation where you would think he's going to have a great opportunity to start. But the pre-existing uh, connection with Matt Rule, uh, and, and again, with what he has done, with, with what Teddy Bridgewater has done, which is be solid, but I don't know necessarily sensational since coming back. Do you think the door is going to be open for him to have a bigger role in Carolina, potentially? It's a possibility. I mean, there's no guarantee that Bridgewater is going to be completely healthy in three seasons. He's going to be with him out. Well, we're going back to the time where he's going to be healthy, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be 100% healthy in the entire season. Plus the fact that uh, Walker is going to be very comfortable Absolutely, and again, he really showed what he was capable of doing in Houston, and it was a good situation for many players in the league. I understand that uh, St. Louis's quarterback, I, I guess, assigned with an NFL team. Uh, I know Cardale. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's interesting because uh, again, you're going to get some opportunities at least in preseason in that offense to show what you can do. And uh, you know, quarterbacks in the past, you you got to go back a ways, but that used to be the case in uh, Green Bay in that high-powered offense back in the day where the likes of Hasselback would get to show what they could do in August, and that would give them a, a bigger value down the road. And uh, Mark Brunel, I think, came out of that same system similarly. So, yeah, being a backup quarterback in Kansas City may not be bad because you'll still get some opportunities here and there to show what you can do in a high-powered offense. And uh, Cardale Jones getting off to a very good start in Washington. Uh, that caught a lot of attention where I live in the Buckeye State. And uh, there were even, I, I understand there was one or two bars around here at least that were carrying the Washington game every week and people rooting for him because of the Ohio State connection. Then it kind of fizzled, which I think has really sort of been, you know, a microcosm of his career all along. Catching fire in the 2014 NCAA postseason, if I'm going to include the Big Ten Championship in the postseason, 
Uh, and then in the pros, I always felt like he got put in like the worst position possible getting drafted by Buffalo. It showed you how clueless Rex Ryan was because I'm thinking to myself, what's Tyrod Taylor going to teach him if he's so inclined? You know, I thought he needed to go sit behind either Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Rivers, one of the guys from the class of 04. He would have benefited from being behind a veteran and being the heir apparent. So he's never quite recovered from not getting that opportunity early on. And in Washington, again, like I said, it seemed to me like a microcosm. Some good and some bad. Well, I think with him, he just found some sort of tutorial. I went to the game with DC and Anderson, MVP after every good play he made. And then he went on the road and he fell off the face of the earth in Los Angeles and went back. He was so, he looked terrible. And then, and then uh, at home against, uh, in DC against St. Louis, you know, two interceptions, he even got benched with Tyler Jackson, a guy that, um, St. Louis, because they were a team in particular uh, that had uh, very, very strong ability and emphasis with running the ball, and it was speculated early on that that would be difficult, because it was thought that the defenses would be ahead of the offenses in the trenches, the thought being it's harder to get good offensive linemen at this level than defensive linemen, and yet there were teams like St. Louis that were able to do that and establish the run, and it would have been interesting to see how successful they could have been in the end. I think so, uh, clearly, and uh, that's where Again, the the ability to move of P.J. Walker was definitely uh, a, a big part of his success, the fact that he was pretty much a full-spectrum quarterback as far as his ability uh, to deliver. In terms of, uh, from a business sense with the XFL, we knew that it was going to have deep pocket backing, and that's why it's coming back for another, another year, notwithstanding uh, quitting early. And again, I, I'm not always the biggest fan of things done by Vince McMahon, but I guess the players are getting paid all the way through the season, so props to him for that. And uh, in terms of how it was going here, there was a fall off of ratings, obviously, from week one and week two. You get that a lot. Uh, it didn't seem to me that it was necessarily all that steep. It seemed like it was holding up pretty good as it went along. Did you get the sense from uh, seeing how it was reported out there in the sports media that it was doing a little bit better, perhaps, than anticipated? I think it was doing better than anticipated, plus the fact that you'll, you'll get higher ratings to MLS and some other sports that's going on at that time. Except for the NBA, that would be the million better ratings than NHL. You'll get better ratings. One thing was, you know, the goal for the XFL is two years from now, once he fills up the game, he contract. That's what it's all about. And he contract. So they can, uh, you know, make, you know, make money, um, you know, money generate revenue in Mexico. I would think one of the keys to that would be expansion, 
because in looking at it here, and, and this is something that I told people as I was seeing it, I was telling my friends this and they were just flabbergasted, and I'm sure you saw this as well. With the exception of the LA Lakers, other teams in the same market as the XFL teams were getting dominated in the ratings, right down to, I mean, and, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions, the whole city singing Gloria last summer. The Blues were getting dominated in the ratings by the St. Louis XFL team. The hunger for football in this country is unquenchable. And uh, again, so the strength of it started in the local market level, although I will say this, Cleveland does not have an XFL team, but there were a lot of people out there like myself that were watching. Cleveland was one of the strongest local markets as well. So you would think if they're able to put teams in more of these cities out there, build up in particular the ratings on a local level, yeah, they ought to be able to get a paying national contract, Fran. I see nothing stopping them at this point. I agree with that. As far as expansion of stars, there's more people that talk about on social media than the entire season. Everybody wants to see in their markets. Everybody wants to play to expand. Obviously, if they had a full season, it would be better, a better, a better situation to judge. But right now, it, I mean, if they can expand, it's not going to happen until it's over some. They're not going to say anything until this coronavirus epidemic gets cleared out. Absolutely, yeah. No decisions will be made now, but uh, down the road, when they're able to get a clearer business sense of what's happening, I think you will probably see that. It will be interesting as well to see, because I had speculated about this, one of the strengths of this league was on the sidelines and, and some of the, the coaching acumen that was out there, not just June Jones for, for Houston, but a number of uh, players or, or, uh, coaches with, with former NFL experience. you got Jim Zorn. You've got, uh, from the collegiate level, one of the all-time greats, Bob Stoops in Dallas. And I was wondering all along how many people might follow him into this. Because, again, Stoops, uh, there were people that were very cynical when he started doing this. And they thought, oh, this is going to be his stepping stone back into college. People forgetting that he walked away because of not health concerns, but potential health concerns. Males had died early in his family. He didn't want to be another one that did. My sense all along was he viewed this as an in-between. I can scratch the competitive itch, but there's no way that Dallas winning or losing in the XFL is going to consume him the way that Oklahoma winning or losing would, or the Dallas Cowboys job if he had it, or anything like that. In other words, if you don't want the full-time stress of coaching and everything that goes with it anymore, a way to have your cake and eat it too. I wonder how many other people are going to see it that way and whether maybe we get a Jim Trussell on the sidelines or somebody, maybe even an Urban Meyer at some point. You know, it, it, maybe it's a good in-between between giving up the game altogether and getting into a stressful situation you think would be bad for your health. Well, probably Steve Spurgeon will be on that bucket list. Yes. The team in Orlando. Yes. If they ever tried to put a team in Orlando, Spurgeon and Harvey did that with Orlando Apollos. I can see him definitely being one of those guys to get back Absolutely, yeah. There's any number of coaches out there that could see it as a possibility. And again, I'm glad that it was out there for the likes of June Jones to go out there and really show what he could do. And I, I'm sad that the season didn't end the way that uh, it was supposed to, going all the way through with a championship game. It would have been on Houston's turf, which was uh, refurbished by Vince McMahon uh, in preparation for that championship game that they were to host. And uh, the odds being very, very strong that Houston would have been playing in the game and maybe even potentially uh, winning it. But uh, 
again, it, it fell prey to, as you mentioned briefly there before, and uh, the reason that we're including this as part of our series, Coronavirus Crisis 2020 here on the show, is that, uh, again, it is but one business victim, along with a long line of others in American life right now, to the crisis that is uh, consuming us currently. And uh, it's a thing where it's, again, affecting all of us. Most of us uh, coast to coast are in some type of situation where uh, if not complete lockdown, then close to it is warranted, if not commanded by the authorities. I know you sitting in the Triangle area there in uh, North Carolina, as you alluded to off air, uh, the, uh, the North Carolina State uh, Athletic Facility there where, where you work, you are employed by it as well, not having crowds come into the athletic facility these days. So, you know, these are uh, obviously very, very stressful times for all of us. Yeah, Absolutely, and between that, between your road trip to D.C., I mean, these were things that you planned all along, and it just so happened that they fell into the first half of the season. But, I mean, now more than ever, you being the big XFL enthusiast uh, that you are, two of the five weeks you ended up traveling to games, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I, I feel badly for you because I don't know anybody that's missing the XFL more than you. But it can honestly be said, Fran, you packed as much into those five weeks as anybody could. so very, very much, and uh, again, you, you packed such into your, again, uh, preseason coverage as well. You and I talked XFL here on the show well before the season even started, and with everything you were doing during the season, and then now having come to this uh, impasse uh, situation right now where it shuts down for the season, and uh, again, all we can say is that uh, hopefully this does not affect it adversely going forward. I think there's no reason to expect right now that it will. I mean, barring the complete financial collapse of society, which is something, you know, God forbid we make it to that point, and obviously that's going to bring down everything, uh, not just sports if it comes to that, but short of that uh, possibility that still remains on the distant horizon at this point, there's no reason to think that it won't be back next year. If the economic climate is, is, is even halfway favorable, that it will gain on the foothold that it had this year, and, you know, you would think that it would be poised to come back strong. Well, I, I think it's will come back strong. And we, I, I mean, I think they'll tweak things. They may move some, some teams around at different stadiums. They may move, maybe make the symbol that the audience from MetLife um, to Red Bull, Red Bull Arena, possibly, in Miami or teams. Uh, I mean, that's one nice thing. On, one nice thing is, and I think they can tell us how it I'll have to look forward to it. I'll be able to cover it. I'll be able to tell them how it's going 
absolutely, yeah. And uh, God forbid that it takes longer than that. I would say this, I mean, that, that particularly with clamping down right now, and it's, I, I'm frustrated that it's still not airtight. I'm frustrated that there's still enough stupid people bucking the system right now to where, again, if you could, if you could guarantee a pretty good lockdown throughout April, this would run its course probably by May, and we could start getting back to normal. It's going to have to go longer, basically, you know, if, if people are dumb enough and are not taking the precautions that they should. But, yeah, it's it's a thing where it's realistic to expect at this time with the clamping down that uh, not only the XFL next year is not going to be affected by it in terms of further delay, but that uh, this season should be able to uh, proceed uh, this fall season should be able to proceed as uh, anticipated. I know that, uh, I think it was Bronco Mendenhall that was on record as saying he's not taking anything for granted as far as the start of, you know, summer practice and the start of the fall football season. But right now, I would think those concerns are probably premature. Yeah, and uh, ultimately, it, it'll be a case where uh, sports will be very important in terms of uh, getting everything back to normal in this country, and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, but that can only you know, ultimately really happen once the danger subsides, once it quits uh, blowing through to the degree uh, that it has been uh, in my state of Ohio, largely because they were taking early precautions. Uh, we have been somewhat insulated from the worst, but uh, it's still early days right now. Hopefully it won't get uh, too bad anywhere. It already has in New York and Washington and California and a few places. Hopefully it doesn't get as bad as that other places. Uh, but uh, all I can say, as I say to anybody on the show uh, these days here, Fran, is uh, stay safe, hang in there. Uh, we're all in the same boat here as far as having to ride out the frustrations of this situation, it's worse for some of it than for others. It's worse for a lot of people than for me, and I'm mindful of that. But, uh, again, uh, best of luck. Stay healthy, and I look forward to subsequent uh, conversations on football and other things with you on the show, my friend. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure to have you on, uh, Fran. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1207.